0: Welcome to YFML.com, the podcast hosted by me, Roger Lopez-Bennett, a born dreamer. In this podcast, we feature young entrepreneurs who have founded their first startup before 30. Why? Well, because under 30 founders are rare and sometimes not taken seriously, but their stories are even more interesting than the rest. And before starting this episode, let me remind you that extra information about the speakers can be found on YFML.com slash podcast. Enjoy! All right. Hi, Prashant. Welcome to YFML.com, the podcast, a place where young entrepreneurs get inspired by people like you who don't just talk, but take action. Yeah. So, you know, I always let our guests introduce themselves because they do a better job than myself. So, yeah, um, you know, to start, can you introduce yourself what you've done so far and why last bit started and and how did it start?
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, O'Neill. Happy to be here. Uh, So I'm Prashant, um, the founder and CEO of this small company called Lastbit, and we're effectively building a global payments network that would allow anyone anywhere to pay or get paid instantly. And all of this stuff is built on top of this thing called the Bitcoin Lightning Network. So I started this company when I was in university doing my master's in computer science in 2017. And at this point in time, um, I'd been working with Bitcoin for a few years and I was studying in Switzerland. So I'm originally a national from India and I'd moved to Switzerland to study and one of the hardest things was even though I'd actually been using Bitcoin, uh, it had this promise of being that this global grand universal currency and I actually couldn't use it to do anything. And um, I was basically trying to move money across borders from India to Switzerland. And at the same time, I was actually also playing with this uh, death metal band in Germany and, and we got to play like a European tour. And so every day when we traveled to a new country with like a new currency, I was basically losing money on spending uh, like regular fiat money. And I had to like basically use money that I had in India to, and move it all over move to europe and convert it to all these different currencies and i couldn't really use bitcoin to do anything so i basically wanted to solve this problem and start a company that would effectively solve that problem but then it ended up becoming a much larger vision than that
0: oh wow that's really cool yeah i didn't know this part of the story so because you were traveling within europe and then you you know you got that idea wow yeah that makes sense and what you know what age did you have i was about i was about 21
1: when i first came up with the idea and started working on it uh, and, then, mm-hmm. and then i dropped out of university when i was when i just turned 22
0: and uh started building the company at the time okay cool and you know like a lot of young uh founders have you know problems related with age like did you have any like did you were were you not taken seriously well uh i guess in the beginning it was it was it was pretty hard like uh it
1: still is to that extent. Like I'm now. Now I'm. I'm a lot older. Like I'm 26 now. But then, uh, it it still is pretty hard. Like especially given that we work in financial services and mm-hmm. we have to deal with banks and a lot of these, a um, lot of folks in suits that are more used to, like way more professional than than we are as a team. But then, it's just. Uh, I mean, we don't really see that as a hurdle. Like we just put put it at the back of our heads and I mean, we've made it
0: pretty far now. So, cool, cool. And so no, like no major problems. Like, no.
1: I mean, it, I guess I would say that it could have become a problem if you let it become a problem. I mean, yeah. we realize that it is an active issue. And I mean, we, we have like a, this grand vision in mind and we don't really care if people look, yeah. look at us like, oh, these are like just two young kids doing dumb
0: stuff. Or <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's all about your attitude and you know, how, you, yeah, how you deal with it. So you said uh, the idea came from the problem, right, of exchanging currencies. Have you always wanted to build a startup or was that problem that made you Started
1: Well, actually, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to build a startup, but basically I, I, was, I was like 100% sure that I did not want to end up in a large company sitting at a desk, like just being a software engineer. Yeah. Um, and one way or the other, I, I mean, I, I kind of just figured that this was the right way to go about things and like looking back on it now like that was probably the best decision I ever made um and while I was in university I was actually working with this other startup as well uh like I was basically doing everything except studying at university and um I was trying to trying to use my skills like all the stuff that I would spent the first 20 years of my life learning to, yeah. to do some, something in the real world so I actually worked with a small fintech company in Switzerland which is now a pretty big company but uh like watching them like watching them grow go from like zero to like from starting from zero to go to something that's valuable and um i, I kind of realized like okay that's not that hard actually Like, i really want to try doing this thing myself and that's how it
0: came about uh, do you think you you learned a lot in that you know start before coming to you know building your your own yeah absolutely i learned quite a lot just watching like i
1: mean i was i was just like a I was basically like a software engineer at the company. I mean, I was yes. this young kid, but then we were just like a team of three people. So I was, I oh. got to see like what the CEO was doing, like, and like how you're talking to investors and like pitching to people. And like, I got to see like a lot of the business side of the thing, uh, business yeah. side of the equation, which I had not previously seen. So uh, that was like definitely like a massive learning experience. And like just validation that, yeah, this, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can do this thing myself. Like it's, it's really not yeah. that hard, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always hard to start a business, but you can exactly. do it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you know, you, you mentioned you quit your job. How was that moment? Like, what made you decide to quit it? Well, so
1: I, I, I basically, like, at this point uh, at, at university, I had I, I'd come up with the idea, and uh, I'd been working with this, this fintech company in Switzerland, and I'd also been working at university as a research assistant, like, to basically to cover all my living expenses and kind of, like, take care of myself financially and not have to rely on my parents or anyone else for money. So uh, at that point, like, when I had the idea, I basically uh I, I quit this like I, I realized like okay i want to go all in on this thing like i want to spend all my time building this company like this idea so um i quit my research assistant position and the job and it was just like it was, it was a pretty exhilarating feeling like to not have any financial support but then um yeah. just like I had, I had this cool idea at this point and it was it was a ton of fun building it um and then finally decided to pull the trigger and like just de- yeah just
0: de- from the university as well and the fact of quitting, did you get any, I don't know, family, you know, rejection of that action? Or like, did you get any of that? So
1: surprisingly, my parents were super supportive, including my brother. Uh, as you can imagine, I mean, I'm not sure if you know this, but like a lot of Indian families like usually have like this path set out for you. Like either you become like this engineer who works at like Google or Facebook or something, or you become a doctor. Like These are like usually the two parts that most oh, really? Indian... <laughs> yeah that's where you actually see a lot of folks uh, I mean a lot of Indian engineers in the, in the US as well like it's it's not a bad thing at all but then um, my, my parents are actually supportive like they kind of they, they, to this day they, I don't think they understand what I do like what the company does like they're very old fashioned but they kind of like trust me like okay this guy knows what he's doing and he seems yeah. to be having fun building this company so we're just gonna let him do it so it's, it's
0: it was all good <laughs> Cool. And, and what about like any social pressure? Cause you know, our society, I think there's, there's a lot of pressure on, on, you know, going to university, finishing school, you know, besides your parents and your family, for example, does that influence you when you go to like, let's say seek funding or anything like that? No.
1: Um, not, I mean, actually, it, it, in Silicon Valley, it works the other way around. It, it's seen yeah. as a bold, it's seen as a bold move to do something like that and 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 like get away with it. I mean, and and, it, and like investors back us for. I mean, I don't think that's the main reason, but then they do, uh, they do see the value in that. Like as in that, okay, these guys are committed to what they're building. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, uh, yeah, definitely, like, when I did leave university, I, I was, in, like, the most popular guy among my fr- amongst, my, like, my social circle. And, like, all my friends are, like, these guys who are, like, really, really smart guys who, who are, like, pretty successful on their own. Like, they all work these corporate jobs, and they make a ton of money and all that stuff. So, I was, yeah, I was not the most popular guy. Like, I was, like, I was probably looked at as, like, this dude who doesn't has no idea what he's doing, and he's just,
0: like, for the <laughs> university, and he's probably going to, like, end up on the streets, you know? But... Yeah. Uh, so, you mentioned you, you used to live in the U.S., not anymore. Now you're back in India. Yeah, so I I spent
1: I spent about a year at Berkeley uh in yeah. between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, and then uh as the pandemic said and I moved back to India for like a medical thing and oh. just haven't been able to get back since. Oh. But
0: otherwise you would be here.
1: Yeah, most likely I I would I would love to live in the Bay Area. So.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, yeah, uh the Bay Area and yeah, Silicon Valley is is the place to be, right? For startups. Uh I don't know about FinTech though. Is it too? Like I mean, yeah, in general, right in general yeah i think it's probably one of the yeah. best places
1: to be in if you're building a company ir- irrespective of what what kind of company yeah. you're building like uh, that's like a lot of the like uh, a lot of the advice we got from like y combinator founders as well was basically the same thing like a lot of it's like a common pattern among like really successful companies that all of these guys took like this massive leap of faith and just moving to silicon valley and and just like mm-hmm. with, with no plan whatsoever and then it, it just
0: somehow end up being successful yeah. it's, it's pretty cool actually yeah i call it the dreamland <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, did that Swiss uh, startup influence your, your decision of starting a Bitcoin company? Like the fact of having worked in a, in a you know, fintech startup before, did that influence you?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, so the, the company I was working with did like at the, at the time when I was working there, like they had a component of the platform that involved the blockchain, it, not specifically Bitcoin, but uh, that kind of exposed me to the, the, the entire technology, and and then like kind of like I, I just I just went down the rabbit hole of like really understanding like a lot more about the te- internal technicals of Bitcoin, and um uh, and specifically for the problem that I wanted to solve, like Bitcoin just seemed to be the best the best bet to do it, and um and we still stick with it.
0: Yeah, like yeah, I have a question that um why Bitcoin and not other cryptos?
1: Well, so there's there's a lot of um I mean I think this is a very like in this space that's a very uh, opinionated answer. Like a lot of people have very strong opinions uh, to and. For other cryptocurrencies, specifically for us, uh, Bitcoin is basically like, it's like, it's like the early days of the internet. So it's like the father of all cryptocurrencies and this. In, in our opinion in my opinion, I don't think there's really any other cryptocurrency that does all the things that Bitcoin does and specifically has the presence and the liquidity across various markets that Bitcoin does, right? I mean, like, for example, Ethereum and, and, and a couple of other cryptocurrencies solve different problems for different markets, and they're more useful for different purposes, but specifically for the use case of, like, global payments, that the one that we want to solve, Bitcoin is probably the best suited to do so.
0: Cool. And now that Elon Musk, I mean, not Elon Musk, Tesla just bought a bunch of it, now, uh, yeah, it looks better, huh? it looks promising Mm -hmm. yeah and how was the you know the process of building the startup like the team you know how how did you find your co-founder you you have a Mm co-founder right yeah how did you find the co-founder and you know the whole team yeah how did you build it well i
1: guess like the first like two two to three years of the company was was like it was, we're still figuring a lot of stuff out and most of it was just like, it was just myself, mostly myself, but doing all that stuff. Uh, like last year in 2020, uh, I met this, um like when I was at Berkeley, uh, I met this really kick-ass dude. Like he was uh, a business student at the high school. I mean, he was just graduating from the high school of business, uh, completing his MBA. And he just worked with me for like a couple of months on like, on like, like on a side project. But then uh, as he was graduating, he kind of just asked me like, hey, do you have like a full-time position available? And uh, one of our advisors at, at Berkeley kind of said like, if you think this guy is like super smart, just why don't you just make him like an offer to be a co-founder? And I did. And he ended up rejecting like a sponsorship from McKinsey to pay for his MBA and like a full-time job offer from McKinsey, like to take this massive leap wow. of faith in joining the company. And um, it's just been an absolutely wild ride since he's been on. Like, it's like, we just complement each other so well. And like, we have like a solid business team, a solid tech team. And um, like, we have just like a lot more structure in the company. It's starting to look like a real company now as opposed to like, like just wow. doing stuff on a daily basis.
0: Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. How many people are you, are you guys in the company?
1: Um, Right now we're a total of five people. So it's that's myself, cool. my co-founder and two developers and one uh, intern we have in Peru. Okay. Oh, intern. Yeah. Like, is it smart to hire interns? I think it really depends. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, since we have access to UC Berkeley, like, like yeah. the quality of interns is really, really high. Like we found yeah. like really smart people come out of there and some of them work, uh, some of them do like really valuable work for us. And some of them are kind of like busy with college as well. But um. Mm-hmm. One way or the other, like, I think, like, specifically this one intern that we have right now in Peru, like, this guy's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's not from UC Berkeley, but then he's just, like, a fantastic person who's, he's about to graduate from university and he really gets the company, loves the space and, like, super passionate about his work. And, like, when you find people like that, it's, it's
0: very easy to make the decision like, whether you want them on the team and yeah. you hire them or not. And, yeah, also there's a, the non salary part, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you mentioned UC Berkeley. Do you have any kind of relationship with them? Uh, were you part of the... You know, they have an incubator, right? They, mm-hmm. Were you part of it? Exactly. It's called Skydeck. And uh
1: yeah. it's it's like jointly with the with the school, they have a fund that invests in promising startups. Uh and they yeah. have run like run a batch like twice a year. And yeah, we were part of that in, in 2019. And uh, that's where like our Silicon Valley journey actually got like started from the beginning. And um yeah, that's that's actually how we we were like we're super connected to the school and like we have access to like all the resources the school offers, like professors, oh, cool. students and, and whatnot. So
0: and and can you get funding from them or or that's not a thing
1: yeah so they, they invest like a hundred thousand dollars into every company they uh incubate and they also have like oh, a wow. program that's like for uh that's not that's not funded but then you can like just work out the accelerator and, and like build work on your idea
0: oh so you guys got funded by them yeah that's right oh cool cool and yeah well yeah that's pretty cool and so relating to the funding part how was the the first time you raised capital i'm guessing that was the first time or it was given to you
1: no so we actually raised funds like a, a year before that as well like we had a, yeah. we raised like a, a small pre-seed round of like $150,000, and this was yeah. i think i think it was like the, like probably one of the most exciting moments in my life like uh not to say like that now it isn't but like at, at that point because it was like completely new and like done like a dollar figure of like a hundred thousand dollars was like a massive number in my head. Like like when like coming from like an Indian background, when you convert that, that's like a lot of money to do a lot of stuff, right? So, um when we like our goal, our goal was like first. I came back to India and like, I wanted to get back to Europe to continue building the company. And um, of course we have these like visa issues. Like you can't just like as an Indian, I can't just move to a new country. Uh, so we started looking for like European investors that would help us get like a startup visa, which uh, enables young entrepreneurs like live and work in Europe. So mm-hmm. we ended up onboarding like a, our first European investor in, in Eastern Europe who gave us, who wrote us our first check and we moved to to Latvia to live and work there for like three months. And um and along with them we also like raised a little bit of money from some asian investors that was like the entirety of the pre-seed round and I, I mean it was it was not an easy uh experience at all. like i think it was just it was, like we took it as a challenge and it was just like a ton of fun actually like we were like we, we believe in this idea so much like and we just we like just bombarded them with the emails until they responded and they're like okay like we we actually like the team and they ended up investing and just like to this day they're like this like really great investors
0: wow and yeah but like how is the process like how do you find those investors uh like yeah yeah how is the process of of getting funded exactly like yeah
1: uh i think it, like now it's a lot easier for me like if i was to go start another company like the process of doing that is completely different because like we've i've actually got like like a pretty decent network of people that i've met throughout this journey and like i don't know like the right people to, like email and like talk to and ask them about would you fund my company but like back then uh when when I was basically like a college student with, I didn't know any investors. Like I didn't know any of the stuff there are, there are a couple of platforms, like specifically we use this platform called F6S, which is um, just like a, like a list of like incubators, investors and accelerators across the world. And uh, like, we kind of like zeroed in on like, like which ones are European, which ones are like focused on this particular part of our business. And like, do, do we think we have a good shot of getting these guys to invest? If we give them like the right like conviction, like we show them a good prototype, we show them the team, et cetera, et cetera. And like we zeroed in on a couple of them and, and, yeah, I'll bet you paid off.
0: Yeah, so let me go back to so you went to Latvia, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know the Estonian e-residency? Have you heard of it? Yeah, I'm actually an e-resident. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, but that's just Estonia, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I was looking at it, um, you know, some some time ago, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. C- can you explain where it is to our listeners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like the e-residency is kind of like, it's like a program for anyone around the world to like get this digital ID card that effectively lets you open and run an Estonian business. This doesn't mean that you can actually like move to Estonia or use that as, as like a form of residence to immigrate into the country, but then it lets you run a European business without having any link to Europe at all. So uh that's been that was like super attractive for us and like to this day we're still considering setting up like a s- subsidiary in estonia like specifically because of its crypto regulations and stuff but like uh estonia like is a super forward thinking country that's, that's moved a lot of stuff completely digital has like really favorable tax laws like good good laws for founders and, and like good it's, it's really building like a, a a solid startup community like i wouldn't be surprised like if in like 10-15 years from now that was like su- like
0: like analogous to Silicon Valley of Europe or something like that. Oh, really? <laughs> in such a small country, but yeah, and they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess you you decided to base the company here in in Silicon Valley, you know, because of the atmosphere. Um, but otherwise, you would have gone there.
1: Well, um, no, I I guess we we still have like a subsidiary company in Latvia, like where we went first. Oh. Um, like the headquarters are in Silicon Valley, but then are, I think like I, like. As we, like, before we got into Berkeley, like, that's when I realized, like, okay, like, if we're, like, dead serious about building this business, like, like you said, they, they are, like, small countries, and the, the way they think is is a bit different, so we wanted to build this, like, really grand, like, we were, like, super ambitious, and we wanted to, like, either go, like, really, really big, or, or fail really, really fast, right, so, yeah. um, and, like, it's, it's very hard to get investors in those, in those countries to take, like, a massive bet on you, like, they would write small checks, or, like, they wouldn't get the idea, it was just way harder to convince them, so, uh, like we, it was like very clear to us like if we want to like if we're serious about building this thing we had to find a way to get to Silicon Valley and and that's how we actually uh, reached out to Berkeley and kind of got in there.
0: Cool. Because on your website I was looking at it before it says Bitcoin to Euro is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your main operations are in Europe, I'm guessing.
1: As of today, yes. I mean, like, like I said, like we were completely focused on launching in Europe, uh, and we still okay. are, and we, we just launched in Europe actually. Okay. So like the next market we're looking at is the US or, or Asia. Okay okay
0: cool so so you're operating from from the us in in europe exactly through a subsidiary company so we have like oh a, like okay here. wow wow yeah that's pretty cool the links <laughs> <laughs> cool oh well so the episode's over you know thanks for listening and if you want to listen to a snippet of the next episode here you go it's like 24 hours of, of like uncertainty where you wait for them
1: to give, like if you get in they they actually actually call you up and tell you like hey you got in we just waited for a while and uh my my co-founder got the call and like that was just an awesome moment and wow yeah i guess they
0: took a big shot on us (laughs) i guess those 24 hours were the the worst (laughs) hours the worst day of your life huh (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't worth it was like just a ton of anxiety you know
1: like yeah. like we really, like we were prepared in our heads like oh man we're like i don't think we're good enough to get in like in our heads we were like this is i mean it's a long shot it's like a really really a long shot but then um, yeah there was a lot of uncertainty like as is, as is always but then it was like when he, when we got that call and then my co-founder called me like that was that feeling is just was just amazing
0: okay it is over now and you know thanks again for listening if you wanna follow us on spotify apple podcast youtube or wherever you listen to this on that would be the world to me and yeah we can't wait to see you next next time on thursday for the last episode of this season see you see you next time bye bye